0: When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thanks
1: so much, and welcome to Growing Your Wealth from Madrona Financial and CPAs, where we give you the straight talk and honest answers you need to reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name's Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing great, thanks. Always glad to hear that. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Our show, Brian, now in its seventh year, and something new here on our podcast. Of course, all of our shows are podcasts. Simply go to wherever you get your podcast search for Growing Your Wealth and Brian Evans. You'll find all of our shows right there. We have more than 110 podcasts, but what we have started to do, as you know, Brian, we have the two-minute features where you comment on something for 120 seconds, and I sort of call it Growing Your Wealth in 120 seconds. Those seem to be quite popular with our listeners, so we're putting those on the podcast platform right now as well, too. There is a new one every day that's going to be published at 12 noon, so look for that, wherever you get your podcasts. On today's show, Brian, a lot of great information for you. We're going to be talking about lawsuit protection. Previously, we've talked about certainly umbrella policy, so we'll explore that a little bit more today. Also, preparing your wealth so it supports your quality of life. We'll get into the fact that a home is built to shelter us, but a financial plan is built to shelter us as well. But I want to start off today by talking about how people should be adjusting their portfolios to protect their wealth. Basically two types of portfolios. There's a lifestyle portfolio and there is a growth portfolio.
2: Yeah, there's different kinds of portfolios. One of the analogies I was thinking about was: bear with me if you're not a basketball fan, but I was going to do a basketball <laughs> analogy. And kind of my analogy, you know, if you look at a basketball team and you notice a couple things, one is, well, there's there's kind of a short guy out there, and then there's this guy that's really really tall, and you got a, a big guy, and and you got somebody who seems to move around pretty good and shoots the ball uh, lights out, and then you have a, a, a fifth person. And why don't they all look alike? Why don't they do the same thing? You know. Basketball, I thought you're supposed to be tall. Why don't you just put five seven footers out there, Jeff? Do you see any problem with five seven footers out there?
1: <laughs> I think there would be a little problem.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't get the ball across half court because they get picked, you know, by the quick uh, little guards. Yeah. Why don't you just have five point guards out there, Jeff? That's <laughs> not going to work as well. No, no, they'll be all be <laughs> passing to each other and running the play, but no one's there to get a rebound. Yeah. And we can't stop the other team when they go inside. And you can't have five shooters. You know, there's no one to pass to a shooter, and again, no one's getting the rebound. And so you don't have. Have five guys out there that are all six five, and so this analogy is is equivalent in that generally to have a proper portfolio to protect your wealth and to have the lifestyle you want to have, you're not going to have everything in in the same thing. You don't want just one ETF of stocks. You don't want a hundred percent bond portfolio. You don't want all your money in annuities. You don't want all your money in passive real estate. You don't. These different investments do different things for you, just like on the basketball team that point guard kinda runs the show, he's kind of your lifestyle portfolio. He's he's kinda of, where do you want this to go? He's he's in, in charge of that play. The center is kind of protecting the rim. He's making sure people don't go in for an easy lay in. He's getting rebounds. He's blocking people from getting in there easy. So he's kind of your protection person, your shooting guard, uh he's probably your more your growth portfolio, your stocks, you know, as an the equivalent there. He's he's you know making the gains when times are good and he's in rhythm and all that stuff. But you can see you have just like in a basketball team every Every team member has a different purpose different strengths and weaknesses, it's the same thing with investments. Every investment has different purposes for you and your lifestyle and different strengths and weaknesses.
1: Yeah. And as you said, I mean, every investment does a job all by itself, but really you don't have a a real team unless all of these investments are working together. Yeah.
2: And and that couldn't be clearer than this year, 2022. And the reason I say that is we, you know, the the tried and true 60-40 stock bond split or 40-60... Stock bond split has been used. Uh, didn't work, you know. This year so far, both of them are down double digits for the for the most part. And so, you know, oh, why didn't that work? Well, those two particular areas have had a very trying year. And other parts of the market, uh, maybe not. Uh, Certainly, when we talked about fixed annuities, fixed index annuities, or fixed index universal life, they're designed with protection in mind. Protection is one of their primary components. Protection is not a primary component of the stock market. We used to think it was in bonds, but when interest rates go up, uh, they're not protected so much. You can Look at your bond portfolio and goes, huh, why, why is it going down? <laughs> uh, gee, I, I didn't know about bonds going down, but they are going down this year. So the different investments I left out real estate, there's a lot of different kinds of investments out there, of course. And it's, it's just interesting that if someone has, has spent the time and over the years has put together a portfolio that's designed for protection when the markets aren't cooperating, and designed for cash flow when they're you know in retirement, and, and designed for growth along the way too, and liquidity is one of the things that have to be designed for, and income tax savings is the fifth area. If they got the right proper components of all of those five areas, let me repeat those things. These are the five things that we want from investments. We want them to grow. We want them not to lose money, be secure. We want them to provide cash flow, We want them to be liquid when we want them to be. And we want them to be tax-free or tax-advantaged. We cannot get all five of those things with any one investment. If that was the case, my job would be super easy. I just put everybody into it and we're done. But we can't do that with one. We have to mix and match.
1: Brian, just like with a basketball team, you evaluate what your opponent is and you may uh, play to their strengths or their weaknesses with the team approach here. Let's say that your opponent is age in this uh, situation. Let's say that your opponent is 30 versus 60. How is that team approach going to change? All right. Well, I'll continue with my basketball analogy. So if I'm
2: 30 years old and I have a lot of time is on my side, so I don't have that opponent so much, then I'm going to be more aggressive. I'm going to say, okay, the analogy would be my opponent has a terrible defense and so I'm going to put in a bunch of players that are high scorers and we're just going to jump out and, and take a huge lead on these folks because they're, they're terrible at, at that and maybe they don't have a tall player on their team. I'm going to put in a tall player, protect the rim, we're going to be scoring on them and we're going to go for it. We're, we're just going to knock them out of the gym. So when you're 30 years old, you want a very aggressive portfolio because you don't have to protect, you know, your, your opponent is no longer time. When your opponent is time, when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, now I've got a different approach Approach. I'm gonna gonna be on a more conservative basis. I might put uh, better defenders on my team instead of have five different good scorers in there. I'm gonna put people that are good at defending because I need to protect myself against time. And so that's when we start to see people sometimes move from a very aggressive stock portfolio as they age. Maybe they've determined that they need cash flow in retirement, so they, they move some money into FIUls and fixed index annuities, or they they maybe have real estate. They've owned for a long time. That's where we, you know, maybe do the Delaware statutory trust to potentially get the step up in basis someday and so forth. So we start using different strategies. I, w- I don't recommend a Delaware statutory trust to a thirty year old. Right. I don't recommend a fixed index universal life to a seventy year old. I just don't. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But it works in you know in reverse. So depending on your age, very much that does determine what we're going to be talking about as far as having that proper uh, team approach to your investments.
1: Brian, uh, this a basketball analogy really is hitting home with me because... <laughs>
2: let's keep a, it going, Jeff. Yeah, let's, know, let's keep
1: it going. It really does make it a lot more understandable. Let's say that one of the team members is not performing as well as they should be. I mean, do you come to the realization that, you know, we've got to make a change here?
2: Well, you could. And, and that would be sometimes a big mistake. And let me explain why using my basketball analogy. Okay, so right, let's right. say that I've got Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan on my team, and they went the first half. And they were uh, two for 15 shooting. Well, I could take him out of the game and bench him for the rest of the season. What do you think about that one, Jeff? Yeah,
1: I, I think that maybe everybody has an off day once in a while. Ah, so
2: they don't always, uh, they're not always hitting on all, I'm thinking that the stock market right now. Right, right, right. Stock market long term has been great. And I know long term it will be great, but in the short term may not be that way. I'm sure Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan had some of those days, but I don't want Dennis Rodman's out there for for my <laughs> entire team for the whole rest of the season, you know, because people and investments have off years or off multiple years, even, or off months or, or weeks or days. And we just don't know when that's going to happen. But overall, we believe in the investment. I do believe in Scotty Pippen and Michael Jordan will do quite well. And I believe Dennis Rodman will play well in his role, which was a very unique role. He's going to be the, uh, I don't know why <laughs> he might, he might be the DST. It's a very specific role. Yeah, and that's yeah. all it does is, is the one thing, you know. And so, uh, you know, looking at these. We don't give up on strategies no. just because they're not working in that right. particular environment. The next environment, they might thrive and likely will. But they'll ebb and flow. And if we have them all working that direction, thanks for that. That one, I, I'm am keeping with this basketball now. Just working for me. I, I hope uh, people remember who Rodman and, and Pippen and, yeah. and Jordan and how those teams were constructed. It was really interesting. They always had the little point guard, the Steve okay. Kerr the, yeah. or the Paxton. They always had the big center in there that mm-hmm. didn't. Score any points, but (laughs) just kind of took up some space. They had Rodman, who was all over getting 22 rebounds a game. They had all these different, I've never seen a team built with such interesting role players, (laughs) but together, you know, they were setting records and winning championship after championship. So uh, I guess that analogy is pretty good if you have (laughs) the right portfolio.
1: We're talking about the team approach here, the team approach with investments with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, does a team member or an investment, does it ever get to the point where, you know, you've given it a shot here, but you realize maybe it's uh, best years are behind it and you got to shift to something else.
2: Oh, now we're doing a uh, Bill Cartwright.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm leading you right
2: into Yeah, this. you're leading me uh, right into that aging center. Uh, they had some uh, younger guys coming along that were a little more active, kind of the same role. And yeah, so you, you do, you can shift. Uh, certain things aren't working the way you want them to work exactly. Maybe you had bonds in your portfolio and you're saying, you know, these aren't working for me right now. And I don't expect they're going to for a while. They've, they've kind of had their run, and much like Cartwright did when he was forty, and of course, the uh, Sonics picked him up. I think after he Chicago didn't want him anymore. He was yeah. getting uh, forty years old or whatever. And that, yeah, there are there are investments you can say absolutely this is not going to get any better, or I have better alternatives to that. And so a lot of people come to us and have meetings with us, and they go, "Wow, you guys are showing us stuff I didn't even know existed. Clearly, I can upgrade my portfolio." and have a better team approach to investing than where I was before with my 60-40 stock bond split. That's exactly true. So most of the people listening that don't use us right now are probably in something more traditional that they're going to look at and go, ah, maybe that's maybe it's, it is time to move on in certain aspects of this. And You don't you don't sell the whole team, but maybe a, a couple of your team members mm-hmm. need to be uh, upgraded and uh, you need a different approach uh, going forward.
1: We're talking about the financial team approach with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CP. By the way, if you have not gone to our website, com, we do have a great feature there, relatively new. It gives you the opportunity to check your rooted wealth analysis. You know, just like the trees out there that you see along the roadway, sometimes after a storm, they're on their sides because the roots were not deep enough. Well, protect your financial portfolio from a financial storm by checking your roots. And if they aren't deep enough, Madrona Financial may be able to help you grow those roots to make them even deeper. To find out how deep your roots are, go to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button to get your rooted wealth analysis. It's madronafinancial.com. Get your rooted wealth analysis by clicking on the Started button. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. Declare your retirement independence today with Madrona Financial Services. Having the right investment strategy can allow you all sorts of freedom to do what you want when you want for the rest of your life. You've worked hard, you've saved a lot, and at Madrona Financial Services, we want to help you avoid what's likely your single largest expense in retirement: taxes. With all the economic fallout from the pandemic and the new administration settling in, taxes are almost certainly on the rise. Somebody has to pay for the trillions in debt we're racking up, right? Don't let it be you. Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA and learn about what it means to truly achieve retirement independence. The number is 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or you can learn more online by visiting madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com old passion values expert knowledge and genuine understanding that's the madrona way Madronafinancial.com
0: tired of getting only half the story we've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio you're listening to growing your wealth with your host brian evans now here's brian Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO
2: of Madrona Financial and CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about lawsuit protection.
1: And Brian, not only the market dropping is that one way that you can lose your wealth, but I'm surprised at the number of people who have been subject to lawsuits. That is another way that people don't realize that you can lose your wealth. And I think we're one of the most litigious countries in the world, right?
2: Oh, I absolutely believe we're the most litigious country in the world. We don't have tort reform. It's very easy to sue people. The numbers can get really big for uh, innocuous kinds of things. Things aren't even your fault necessarily. It's just that, well, we got to get it from somewhere and they'll go after deep pockets. If you got money, you're a target. You just are. So uh, it's a good topic to talk about, about the protection thing. You can protect uh, your investments from market losses. You can do annuities, all that stuff. You can do all these things. It doesn't matter, though, if you get sued and lose and you don't have the proper protection there. So I want to talk about different ways to protect assets in this segment.
1: Okay, so we'll talk about different ways to do that, among them uh, LLCs. We'll talk about malpractice insurance, uh, trust, and so forth. I'm going to lead with a little story of mine, and uh, you can tell me how this could have been avoided, but a good friend of mine who is a custom car builder, he was building little mini Ferraris out of Pontiac Fieros way back in the day and a fellow bought one of these cars. He went out, and the next day, he wrecked the car through much fault of his own. He ended up suing my friend, who was a sole proprietor. My friend lost, and in the end, ended up losing everything. It took him 10 years to pay off that lawsuit. So how could he have protected himself?
2: Well, the first one on that is easy to me. You said he was a Sole proprietor is the easiest form of business to, you know, you just start doing a business, you're a sole proprietor by default. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is. You have unlimited liability, though. And that's what happened here. So got sued, lost, okay, well, go after your personal assets. You have no protection at all. And so had he set up as an S-Corp or as a limited liability company properly, then the lawsuit would have gone against the company itself. Mm-hmm. And the exclusion here we'll talk about it in a bit is where somebody is subject to malpractice or if your friend was negligent. I mean, if he, if he fixed the cars and he was completely negligent and he didn't have the right bolts to hold things together and they fell apart when at high speeds. Yeah. Okay. That, that could be, they could be get sued for that. But if it wasn't that, which it sounds like in this example, had he set that company up, the lawsuit would have been against the company itself. The company doesn't have a lot of assets. Right. He would have lost you know, his tools and whatever's in that company, whatever the bank account balance is. But that's it. The LLC, limited liability company, I mean, that's what th- those words mean, mm-hmm. limited liability company. Or as corporation, corporations protect their shareholders generally from lawsuits. They're what would get sued. And so in this case, it would have been, boy, you know, I really encourage if you're if you have a business and it's in sole proprietorship and you have any chance of lawsuits, definitely think about getting some protection through the corporate or the LLC shield.
1: All right. So a corporation basically stands separate from you as an individual. In this case, my friend lost his house. He lost pretty much all of his belongings, his personal belongings. He lost pretty much everything with his business. The only reason that they allowed him to stay in business was to work to pay off this lawsuit. And as I said, it took him 10 years to be able to do that. A very hard lesson learned. And it wasn't due to any sort of negligence on his account. He just didn't have a good defense because he couldn't afford a good defense attorney. So there's a very good reason for having a limited liability corporation. You talked about electing S-Corp status. What does that do for you?
2: Yeah, I, I do know a lot of people that set up a, a company that will go, well, I hear the LLCs have a lot of advantages, but one of the advantages that they do not have is they do not protect all of your earnings against both halves of Social Security and Medicare, the employer portion and the employee portion. And that is correct on the face of it. So a lot of people that elect to set up their company as a limited liability company, also, file the form to elect S-Corp status for income tax filing purposes only. The advantage of that can be that you can save on some Social Security and Medicare taxes. If you do the proper planning, your numbers fall in the right areas and so forth so that- it's just an opportunity. It's something I can't get into too much on, on the show here today. But it's something that we would want to uh, talk about if we're talking about how to form the entity for your business.
1: So and that's the CPA speaking there a little bit, Brian, is the S-Corp part of that, too. So we know that a corporation can protect you individually and an LLC certainly could have helped my friend. Let's talk about if you're a professional and you're in some sort of practice, there's malpractice insurance, very important as well.
2: Yeah, no, that's, uh, it's not just enough to be uh, LLC or an S-Corp if you're an engineer or an accountant or an investment advisor or a doctor or, you know, something of that nature, then uh, it does not protect you. These personal service type corporations and, and entities, then people can still sue you and, and you can lose and they can go to your personal assets. And so it's, that's the reason why you always hear about doctors complaining about malpractice insurance being so expensive because in this country we're very litigious and there's a lot of lawsuits floating around and so they're never, you know, they're worried about that and the insurance companies are too. So the, the insurance premiums are huge on those, which means we have to pay huge amounts when we go to the doctor, you know. How come I had to pay a hundred dollars for for five minutes of your time well go talk to you know the attorneys and the insurance <laughs> people about all the malpractice lawsuits that are floating around out there that's that's a big reason for that. But if they don't have that, then all of their personal assets are subject to uh, lawsuits. If you have some kind of services industry, it does not protect you from negligence, okay? Whether you're in that industry or any industry, as we talked about with your friend, if he is completely negligent, then yeah, they can go after his personal assets. But if you're in one of those professions, I have malpractice insurance. I had to get, I have to get that and it is very expensive.
1: So Brian, we know that with traditional insurance, I mean, I've got limits on my car insurance, limits on my home insurance, but many times lawsuits can be filed for much more than what your insurance limits are.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at your auto, uh, insurance, they'll say, well, we're going to do uninsured motorists for X and different things for Y and Z. And, uh, you look at them and go, well, wow, 300000 that seems like a lot. Am I paying for too much insurance? And then if you get in a fender bender, all of a sudden you got a $700,000 lawsuit and you go, oh, what the heck? I thought three hundred was too much and I got sued for seven hundred. Now what? You know, I, that's, that's just, you know, it's crazy what, how much these lawsuits can be for very, very small, uh, items. So you have to protect against that. And that's where the umbrella insurance policy comes into play. The umbrella insurance policy will cover, you might say, uh, all of your insurances. It will cover them up to maybe a couple million, three million, whatever you pick. And it's very important you have this because you don't know where you're underinsured. The insurance company, however, it's very interesting how they do that. They just won't sell you a policy. You can't go and say, I want a $2 million umbrella insurance policy. Will you sell it to me? They're going to go, whoa, wait a second. We have to look at all of your insurances. We want your homeowner's insurance. Mm -hmm. We want your auto insurance. If you have auto insurance, we want to know that you have at least say 300,000 uninsured motorists. If you have 200, you're going to have to bump that up to Mm -hmm. 300 before we're even going to have the conversation with you about covering you under malpractice. So they have minimums that you have to have in coverage in all of your other insurances before they're even going to talk to you about it. Once you have that, and and I think it's a great exercise to go through because if they say I need $300,000 and I have 100, I'm going to go, oh, "You know, you guys probably know better than me cuz you're in the business as to what the minimum I should have." I do want 300. I don't want the 100 I have. So this is a good exercise to go through. You can get all of your insurances up to the balances that they need to cover as a basic thing, the umbrella insurance rather than get an umbrella insurance policy on uninsured motors and an umbrella insurance policy on fire and umbrella, you know, for your house under you know, and then on and on every single different kind of insurance you have, they will have it cover all of them. If any one of them is needed, it would be covered. So if you have that fender bender and you have 300,000 insurance and you get sued for 700 K, but you have a $2 million umbrella insurance policy that would cover it because it went over and above your coverage.
1: Do I get an umbrella insurance policy from the same company that I get my primary insurance from or are umbrella insurance companies just different companies? I would highly encourage you
2: to get it from the same company. Find a good insurance agent that has all of the different insurances that you have and make sure that umbrella insurance is with the same company because then there's not you're going to avoid the fights uh, mm-hmm. later on if you do need it because you know one company is going to say, I don't want to pay it, you guys pay it. I don't want to pay it, you pay it. Well, if they're the same company, that kind of does away with that argument, doesn't it? So if if I've got, you know, if I got my insurance through, through Safeco or whatever and and, uh, and it's my umbrella through Safeco also, well, they're not going to argue with themselves. They're, they're going to, OK, well, we have this person covered up to the umbrella insurance amount. So we're going to we're going to be there for them. And so I think that's a, a not something that's probably talked about a whole lot. But I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I'm not the end all be all, you know, expert on insurances necessarily. However, I'm pretty good at common sense. And so I think this, this is a common sense approach to making sure you have the proper coverages. And the reason I mentioned having a good agent. Is because that agent should be, you know, it's it's kind of like having six financial advisors. They're not talking to each other. I don't know what the other, if, if someone has a bunch of other advisors and I don't know what they're in. I don't know what, if they have a whole bunch of protected money, growth money, real estate, whatever. It, it's sure better if it's all under our control because then we can look at the whole picture and make sure that, you know, the left hand's talking to the right hand. Well, the same thing would go for insurance coverage. I, I would suspect you'd want a, a good insurance agent looking at everything and making sure that all, all the things are working together. Left hand is talking to their right hand.
1: We're talking about lawsuit protection with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We've talked about LLCs and malpractice. Brian, I've always wondered, can a trust protect you from lawsuits or protect your assets, your personal assets?
2: Yeah, there can be some protection in trust, uh, certainly irrevocable trust. And one of the reasons why irrevocable trusts can certainly protect you is because you no longer own the asset. It's in its own entity. And so if somebody sues you, they're not selling an outside entity that isn't you. Now, I can't get too much in the weeds here. There are exceptions to every exception to every exception here. But a lot of people do put money into trusts and have trustees. Sometimes you're deemed to be the owner of a trust if you're the trust, still the trustee. So you have to be careful about that. But if you have put money into trust for the benefit of somebody else and you're not the trustee making the final decisions on that, certainly those assets generally would be protected from a lawsuit against you. So this is an attorney thing, so I won't spend too much time talking about it because I'm not an attorney. I can't give legal advice. But trust can be set up to protect assets.
1: We've been talking about lawsuit protection with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs here on Growing Your Wealth. Glad you could join us again this week. Once again, if you've missed any part of this show, it is a podcast. Simply go to wherever you get your podcasts, search Growing Your Wealth, Brian Evans, and you can hear this conversation all over again. I want to remind you here to go to madronafinancial.com to check your rooted wealth analysis. We're going to ask you about five simple questions, then schedule a 15-minute call so we can pair you with the right advisor to discuss how deep your financial roots are. Are your financial roots deep enough to withstand any financial storm? Well, you can find out by going to madronafinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. Sustain yourself and your wealth and request your complimentary rooted wealth analysis today at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. If the fuel gauge in your car was broken, would you know how far you could drive before running out of gas? You know, not knowing how long your money will last in retirement is a lot like driving a car with a broken fuel gauge. You just don't know how far you can go. At Madrona Financial Services, we want you to know that there's no need to live with the stress of uncertainty. At Madrona Financial, we have insurance-based solutions that can guarantee lifetime income, protect you from market losses, and even provide for your loved ones. And as a CPA and personal financial specialist, we scrutinize every product we offer. If you want to learn how to create a secure lifetime income stream, protect your money from market losses, provide for your loved ones, and potentially reduce your tax burden, schedule your complimentary meeting today. Call 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. We'll arrange a meeting at one of our three convenient locations or conduct a virtual meeting if that works better for you. Take control of your financial future
0: Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans,
2: CEO of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about preparing your wealth so that it supports your quality of life.
1: Okay, Brian, when you talk about quality of life, what exactly do you mean? Well, one of the cornerstones of quality of life, and this
2: has to do with the financial component of your of your life, is that we all need cash flow. We need money to spend. And so in retirement, uh, we're not very good at making money because we retired. We're not working anymore. We get some social security, but you're probably not listening to this show if you think social security alone is going to be adequate to fund your retirement for the rest of your years. So if you're thinking you might want a little bit more out of life than just social security check, uh, keep listening. And so preparing your wealth to support your quality of life talks about that basic cornerstone, as I mentioned. Sure, we like growth and we like liquidity and and we like saving on taxes and security and all that stuff. But what about cash flow? I got to spend something. I can't spend tax savings. I can't spend stock market growth or whatever. I need something coming in every month to support my lifestyle. So that's that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about preparing your wealth, because that's not an automatic thing. You don't just retire and go, oh, I have on all this cash flow coming in. I just quit working. Now I have all this money coming in. It doesn't happen in a vacuum, so we need to talk about how to get there.
1: So the key is always keep money coming in. So, Brian, let's pick an arbitrary figure and say that you have saved $2 million for retirement. How do you keep that income always coming in?
2: Well, by default, most people that are listening to this that have investments that they've been putting money away are in the stock and bond markets. Certainly, if you're in a 401k plan, very often that's the only choices you have. You have cash. You can always go stable value if you're at Boeing, you know, cash type investment or stock market investments or bond investment. That's pretty much it. You can't buy an FIUL or a a DST or a private non-traded REIT or a lifetime annuity or paying cash flow, increasing cash flow for life, any of those things. They're just not an option. So let's say that you had the $2 million and you had a million dollars in the S&P 500 and a million dollars in the aggregate bond index. And let's say you've hired a financial advisor that's charging you one and a quarter percent a year to manage that. Well, I just punched it out and your cash flow annually on your $2 million portfolio would be about $1,500 a month. Huh, $2 million, my cash flow is 1500 by so, default? Sounds a little low. It does sound a little low, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And my social securities, let's say I've got 2500 a month coming in there. Mm-hmm. I've got $2 million. I'm living on four grand. Wow. Uh, I don't know where you can live on four grand these days. That's a little tough. And you yeah. think, gosh, I thought being a millionaire was awesome. I'd made it. <laughs> and then I'm a two millionaire. <laughs> and I've got this financial thing figured out. I prepared my wealth to sustain the quality of life I want to have. Not. No. It didn't get you there. And why is that? Well, we didn't solve for cash flow in retirement. And when I talk about that, you can't just, you know, retire and come to somebody and say, okay, I'm ready for all that cash flow. And I'm like, well, what have you done up to this point? Well, nothing. I'm coming to you. That's why I came to you today. I'm like, Well, sometimes I need time on my side. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I need a plan ahead of time to provide for that. Now, certainly there's some things I can do. If you're retiring tomorrow, don't think that we don't want to talk to you. Of course, we can help you. But we can help you more if you say, I'm retiring in five years or I'm retiring in 10 years. Can you help me now? Prepare for my retirement. Prepare my wealth for my, my retirement. And part of that will be to start looking at those investments, those tools in the toolbox that provide cash flow later on. And some of those tools are certainly the primary tool is a fixed indexed annuity that's designed for increasing lifetime cash flow. That's a great tool. You know, I chuckle when I hear about these people say they hate annuities and all that stuff. And I'm not calling it an annuity. It is one, but I'm calling it increasing lifetime cash flow. Jeff? Can you tell me what part of that term sounds like a bad idea? Increasing Increasing lifetime cash flow. I'll throw in guaranteed (laughs) increasing lifetime (laughs) cash flow. I don't know. I Uh, can't really find
1: much fault with that. Yeah,
2: I can't either. I I don't know too many people don't want that. Now, do you want all your money in that? Well, no, because there's some things that that doesn't do. It doesn't give you maximum growth of assets or maximum liquidity. Okay, well, I want some of that too. Great. Why don't we have all of the above? But uh, having that as a component might be very important to you, might not be. I uh, don't know you yet. <laughs> I'm on the radio, you're listening, I can't see you, and I haven't talked to you yet. But uh, if it is something, it, it, it might fit in good. Often real estate investments, whether they're active real estate, passive non-traded real estate investment trust, both equity and debt REITs, Delaware Statutory Trust, whatever that combination is, They can provide cash flow well above the yield from typical CDs or bonds or anything like that. So in my example where we had the stock and bond mix, which most of us have our 401ks in, those two particular investments are not currently designed to pay much yield. And so they are not designed very well for cash flow in retirement. Equities are designed for growth in a good market. They're not designed for security. They're not designed for cash flow. So that's generally speaking. So that that's something to consider that you're gonna to wanna to have a plan so that when you retire you can go, oh, you know, I, I did this in time, so now I'm looking at my cash flow projected. I've got two we got two Social Security checks, might maybe have a pension or two. We've got income from various different REITs, real estate, and we got our rentals, our DSTs we got our fixed index annuities. I have a couple of those, maybe non-qualified and qualified uh, account annuities. I've uh, got my fixed index universal life for tax-free cash flow and retirement. I have all these different sources of income. And I'm looking at that going, you know, I've got enough money just on that. I don't even have to dip into my stock market. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things about this is if you have prepared your wealth to support your quality of life, and done that planning and made those investments, and you're retired and you got that cash flow coming in, you can start looking at your portfolio and going, you know, I don't have to be as safe with that thing mm-hmm. because I'm not dipping into it. It's a longer term hold. I can have more risk, which generally means more returns long term. And so you can have a, a equity centered or or real estate centered approach to that portfolio that you're not drawing the principal from instead of having something that maybe isn't going up much in value.
1: We're talking about preparing your wealth to support your quality of life here on Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. And one of the takeaways there, Brian, I have always lived by this mantra. I've done this for many, many years, multiple sources of income.
2: I love that, that mantra. Multiple sources of income makes so much sense to me. I mean, if you're, if you're retired and you're going, gosh, I'm not going back to work. So this is it. And you look down and you just, you had that portfolio that I just explained where you have all these different checks coming in every month. And yet let's say that you spend, oh, I'll just throw a number out, a hundred grand a year and you've got a hundred grand a year coming in from all these multiple sources. There is a huge, you know, satisfaction of that, that you're going, wow, no matter what my investments do from month to month, I really don't care because I have that cash flow coming in. And one of the other things about that is if you didn't do that and let's say you look at your numbers, you go, well, I got 40 coming in and I've got 100 going out. Wow, I got to pull sixty grand a year, and now that the market's down, I'm pulling it out in a down market. Wow, this doesn't work too good. I got sequence of return risk, which, which we can talk about here, but that's not working very good. Conversely, you can, you, as funny as this sounds, you can overdo cash flow hmm. because you could have, let's say, you spend hundred grand a year, and you put all your money into cash flow things, and you don't have any growth in your portfolio, and you're getting you know two hundred grand a year in cash flow, but your assets are dwindling they can't grow, you've kind of locked them all up, they're not liquid, Uh, you can overdo that too. So you want to find that right balance based upon where you spend your money.
1: Brian, something that you said there really hit home with me, and that is when you take your money. Let's talk about sequence of return risk. And I always point to the very simple story of Mr. Brown and Mr. Green. Now, both of these gentlemen each had a million dollars that they had saved for retirement, but they retired at different times, different economies, different markets. In one case, Mr. Green ended up with three million dollars when he'd started with a million dollars, but Mr. Brown went broke at age eighty three the same million dollars, but they retired at different times. that sequence of return risk
2: yeah I, I've seen the stats on this really fascinating because uh, I think in that example, they were pulling a four percent draw on their money, but the one that went to three million, maybe they started in two thousand four or 2009 or whatever it was. And you you roll that forward and they they have $3 million because as soon as they invested, uh, their markets were good, they were going up. That 4% was just a fraction of their earnings in the early years. So it, it really worked out for them. Conversely, I, I, and, and what this table did is it took the exact returns that got them to 3 million and just reversed them. So the 30th year became the first and the 29th year became the second. They just reversed the, the order of the actual returns of the S and P 500, they ran it through the whole thing, and in the second scenario, the, the person completely ran out of money, even though they had the same starting point and they had the same draw percentage every year. One ran out of money; one had a whole lot of money. And so, it's very critical on sequence of a, a return what those markets do in those early years, and you don't have control over that, nor do you know what it's going to be. And that's why you want, if you have the cash flow coming in to support your your lifestyle then you don't have to tap that money every single year, especially when years are low and you're pulling money out when it's low and they can't recover anymore. That's a critical part of proper financial planning.
1: We're talking about preparing your wealth so it supports your quality of life with Brian Evans here of Madrona Financial and CPAs. We don't know how long the market turbulence and other financial storms are going to last, but there's a pretty good chance that if you retire on time, you'll spend around 30 years or more in retirement and see future storms like what we're currently experiencing. If you're not rooted deep enough with your finances, market volatility is one of the storms that can knock your portfolio over. Go to MadronaFinancial.com and click Get Started to check your Rooted Wealth Analysis. It's going to ask you about five simple questions, and then it'll schedule a 15-minute call so that we can pair you with the right advisor. Once again, to get your Rooted Wealth Analysis, go to MadronaFinancial.com and click on the Get Started button. No cost, no obligation for that. It's MadronaFinancial.com Rooted Wealth Analysis. Time for a break, Brian. We'll be right back with more of our show after this inflation frustration. You probably don't know what that means, but if you bought a gallon of milk for a dollar 50 in 1975 and you just went to the store to pay more than double that today, well I hate to break it to you, but you're experiencing inflation frustration. One of the most important things to plan for especially in retirement is inflation. It can happen while you're not paying attention and seriously damage your buying power and longevity of funds. If your investment strategy isn't dealing with inflation frustration, then you're putting yourself at risk Madrona Financial Services designs retirement plans that take things like inflation, future health care expenses, and exposure to unnecessary risk into account when creating unique retirement plans. Call Madrona Financial Services right now for something that's not impacted by inflation. A free financial review with no obligation. Call 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA, or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's
0: madronafinancial.com. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona
2: Financial and CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about the analogy of a home to shelter us and our financial plan to shelter us.
1: That's right, Brian. And when you build a home, you can't just use a hammer, or a screwdriver. You can't just use one or two tools. You need a variety of tools to build a shelter for yourself. Same goes with a financial shelter. It's just not one tool in the toolbox.
2: Yeah, as we were talking about in the last segment, most people, in their, especially in their 401k plans, they have limited choices. And their choices generally are between stocks and bonds. Those are all in the risk toolbox. So we have three toolboxes we're going to be talking about today. The risk toolbox, the alternatives toolbox, and the protected toolbox. So most people that I talk to, all of their assets are in the risk toolbox. And when it comes to, uh, you know, building a house or building a financial plan, certainly you want a variety of tools. Uh, You want different things that are working in concert together that do different functions, similar to the basketball team analogy we made earlier today. It's, It's kind of the same concept. We're talking about it in a different, you know, maybe we got the sports people in the first half of the show and we'll get the handy people in the second half of the show and and hopefully you can be both, but uh, the risk toolbox, you got stocks and bonds, and stocks can be many things. You could be somebody that's really in the risk toolbox and say, yeah, I've got stocks, but I don't like those broad market indexes. I own particular stocks. I own Netflix, and I own you know, Zoom, and I own whatever. You know, You own particular stocks. And uh, that could be very volatile, especially as we've seen in 2022. We saw some companies that were high flyers year after year and people would say, oh, my gosh, the demand for their product is huge. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. And all of a sudden they drop 50 uh, in percent a, in a month or two. And you go, wow, I yeah. did not see that coming. And if that's you and that's where all your assets are, that is a risk event. That is, that is your money in the risk toolbox. You might then uh, expand your diversity using equities instead of buying individual stocks, use a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund where you have a broad market. But even there, you know, what's your, what is your mutual fund? What is your ETF? You might be very aggressive with ETFs. Some of them can drop a lot. I know there's this one called ARC. And they did all of that particular one was the Darling of Wall Street for the last couple of years. And it bought all the high flyers. It was the, the Netflix and the Zooms and the Snapchats and all the stuff that's the young people use and so forth. And that fund dropped probably at least 60% in just a couple months. And it was one of the biggest, fastest growing funds in the history. And and it's a broad market fund. It's an exchange-traded fund. You think, well, that's that's spread out. But no, it's spread out amongst a particular microcosm of the economy. And so it just got drilled in early 2022. And so that's a risk asset. There's options, which can be really risky. You can lose all of your money doing options. You can make a lot of money if, you're, if your timing is perfect, but that's pretty hard to do. There's structured notes crypto-based investments. A lot of people, oh, that's all the rage. And, you know, the, the Bitcoin got to 60,000, then it was 29,000. And people are going, oh, I don't know what all the rage is all about. I, <laughs> I bought at 60, I sold at 30, and I didn't feel very good. But if you bought it at 30 and sold at 60, you think, oh, this is great. I love risk investments. So these are the types of investments that perform their function. When times are good, they do really good. When times are bad, some of them don't do so well but they're the risk toolbox. They're the stuff that I would throw into the, of the five areas we want to, you know, from an investment that we want, growth security, liquidity, cash flow, and tax savings. This is the growth toolbox, uh, the risk toolbox.
1: Okay. So here I've got three toolboxes in front of me. You've talked about what's in the drawers of the risk toolbox. What would be some of the things that would be in your alternatives toolbox?
2: Well, all kinds of real estate, I think, would go in there because that's not something you buy in your 401k plan. It, it doesn't move with the market necessarily, especially if you own rental house or office building or industrial park or something, something like that as an active landlord. Or it could be raw land. You could have all kinds of different kinds of real estate. Uh, it could be farmland for that matter. So that would be an alternative to the s- typical stuff you can buy on Wall Street. So the risk toolbox is primarily Wall Street products. I, I would say that that's a primary differentiator. Stuff you can go online to your uh, E-Trade account and buy. That would usually be in the risk toolbox. You can't go on your E-Trade account and buy a farm or uh, buy a a rental house. You can't do that. You can buy REITs, but there's publicly traded REITs that you can buy through an E-Trade account, or there's private non-traded REITs, which you cannot. There's equity REITs, where you're buying uh, a portion of a big basket of real estate. And then there's debt REITs, where you're basically buying a portion of notes. You're the bank, essentially, in this case, and collecting interest at a higher rate. There's Delaware Statutory Trusts, which, you know, we've talked about that on this show plenty with for 1031 Exchanges. There's credit investments. There's private equity commodities. You could buy, uh, you know, soybeans or wheat or, I guess, you know, precious metals, silver or gold, uh, those kinds of things. Collectibles. These are all alternative investments, most of which, again, you, you just can't trade in your online account. They're outside of that. So that's that's one of the the themes of the alternatives is they they aren't generally something, although, you know, anymore, of course, you can buy gold and silver ETFs. And I mentioned you can buy publicly traded REITs. So you can buy commodities. You can buy ETFs of commodities on your uh, online accounts and so forth. So some of this you can buy, but generally speaking, uh, most of it you cannot.
1: Yeah, and uh, I might mention that collectibles can be a little bit volatile. I saw where Beanie Babies you remember the beanie babies oh, yeah. <laughs> used to have there are people who actually pay a lot of money for those beanie babies, but I don't know if that's gonna last for too much longer either. So be careful with your alternatives. Next toolbox I want to talk about is your protected toolbox. What's in those? Well,
2: protected toolbox is a stuff, uh, as his name would would suggest, that doesn't go down in value like typical investments do, whether they're risk investments or alternative investments. Checking savings accounts, money markets, CDs, So cash equivalents is one of the areas of protected toolbox. Uh, they're protected from loss, but they're also not protected from inflationary uh, pressures mm-hmm. because they don't earn, they lose buying power to inflation, of course, but they're protected in uh, in uh, absolute terms as far as the uh, principle. Then you have annuities. Uh, there are variable annuities, fixed annuities, and fixed index annuities. We do not offer variable annuities. They tend to have higher fees and, then, and are tied to the markets, so they do have some risk. So I might even throw that in the risk toolbox. Uh, it's kind of a crossover there. But uh, certainly the fixed index annuities and fixed annuities, which we can offer people, whether they're to protect your investments from downside risk but offer upside or whether they're designed for lifetime cash flow. You've got life insurance. Uh, I don't know of a more protective tool than life insurance. It's designed to provide either tax-free cash to your heirs or tax-free cash flow to you. And if you die prematurely, it provides a benefit well above what you put into it. So that's certainly a protective element. Long-term care insurance is another protected tool in the toolbox. And so all of these different investments can have a place in a portfolio, especially as it relates to protection, and especially as we age, we tend to want more protection. Uh, we're more concerned about hanging on to what we have and making sure we don't run out because we don't want to go back to work or we can't. But when we're working younger, we're more interested in growth, typically the, the risk toolbox. So some of this can be attributable, not that you would never have any of these, you know, with risk, alternatives, and protected, I want all of them in my portfolio. But when I'm 40, I kind of want them all, in, mostly in risk. Right, right. And when I'm 70, I probably want more alternatives and protected. I've I've got enough money, maybe. I, as long as I don't don't mess it up. So maybe I don't want to just have it sit in the risk toolbox where it could be messed up if things don't go well. Maybe I want to pull it out of that, and put it into the other ones, and just take advantage of the fact that I have a different purpose for this, this part of my portfolio.
1: So when you're 40, you've got time on your side. You've got that superpower. When you're 70, you've got 30 fewer years. Maybe your risk toolbox is a little bit bigger than the other toolbox. With the protected toolbox that you talked about, I mean, that's sort of attractive to people who are a little bit older. It's very safe, but also they have traditionally very low growth potential, don't they?
2: They do. Uh, that, that is one of the negatives to the protected toolbox. Uh, to reiterate, uh, it's cash and cash equivalents. They don't have much of a chance to grow. Annuities can grow, but they're they're not designed to grow like the stock market does over time. Life insurance, same thing. Long term care insurance, that's not a growth investment, that's a protective investment. So yeah, all of these are designed these are more investments saying, I did well enough with my finances to put some to the side and say I don't need to risk these anymore to have the lifestyle I want to live. And so if you're there, now's a you know, it's a good time to say, uh, let's quit taking those chances it's funny when I meet with husbands and wives and so forth, very often they have a different idea about whether they're there or not. Oh, yeah. one of the spouses is very adamant. We're fine as long as we don't risk it. Can't we just take it all out of the market and put it all into that? And the other spouse is going, oh, we'll be fine. The markets are going to be OK. I want to make more money. I want it all in the risk. So I'm like, OK, I got my <laughs> counselor hat coming on now. I got one that wants 100% the risk. And alternatives, the other one, it's 100% protected, and they're both sitting in front of me. So then, of course, I always uh, share with them my my stale joke. Uh, Our job here today is make sure each of you is equally dissatisfied with whatever I recommend. So, yeah, but no, we can work that out to where if we have as long as we can uh, put together a plan, usually that covers that cash flow, as we talked about in a prior segment, preparing your wealth to support your quality of life. If we can support the cash flow thing, usually then, okay, the other assets, we can take more risk on those. So now both can be happy, actually. The person that's worried about security has enough cash flow coming in. The other spouse knows that the part that's not designed for cash flow, they can take a little more risk and put it in the growth or risk toolbox.
1: Well, that's why they say men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You know, they're different, but they are in the same universe, but just barely when it comes to this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, sometimes I would say that even reverses sometimes. Yeah. It's the guys, and I don't want to take any risk at all. Yeah. And uh, and the 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 spouse is saying, "Well, I've been listening to this guy for years. I I I think we can take some risk." Yeah. So yeah, you never know where it's coming from, but that's why we we have the questionnaires. We ask both spouses what their fears are, what their goals are, scale of one to ten how they feel about different things, so we can get a sense for both of them.
1: Here at Madrona Financial, of course, you've got the three toolboxes, the risk toolbox, the alternatives toolbox, and the protected toolbox. But, Brian, I'm finding that a lot of financial advisors just have one small little toolbox there. Why is that? Because that's how they
2: get paid. Oh, okay. Follow the money. Everything (laughs) in this industry is about follow the money. Somebody says the stock market's going to crash. They sell annuities or gold. You just told me about you were talking to a financial advisor and they had a situation where somebody was had some rental houses for a long time, wanted to sell them and didn't want to be a landlord anymore and didn't want to pay the tax. And you told me that there's not a chance that in 100 years that these people recommended DST. No. Which but, was just a layup. I mean, that's what you should do in that situation. Yeah.
1: They didn't know about it and they didn't want to know about it. They suggested they you know sell the property, pay the tax and let me put it into something for you.
2: Yeah. This whole industry is about how do I get paid? Yeah. and so people will will recommend things strongly, very strongly, because of how they get paid. Right. Now, at, at Madrona, you know, we get paid too, but we're kind of licensed in everything. We get t- we you know we we got a CPA firm. We are insurance licensed. We can do life insurance. We can do annuities. We can do the stock market. We're a registered investment advisory company. So we can do stocks and bonds and mutual funds and ETFs and structured notes. And we know all about the real estate stuff, private non-traded REITs. Uh, I've done a ton of Delaware statutory trusts, the DSTs. So we're kind of agnostic as to all of it. And I will tell, all of my advisors will tell somebody, if they say, well, I've got this great opportunity. I'm going to partner with someone I know well. We think it's going to do great. Then you should do that. Don't bring that money to us. Or they're going to invest in their business and they have really positive plans for that. Absolutely do that. So we're going to talk ourselves out of money when there's an alternative to anything that we offer too. If it's a right the right advice to give, but most people we talk to, you know, aren't looking to start their own business or do their own investments at this point in their career. So. They want uh, what we bring. But like I said, we're, we're basically agnostic. I don't care where the money goes. We're, we just want the right answer.
1: We're talking with Brian Evans here at Madrona Financial Services and CPAs about a home is built to shelter. A financial plan is built to shelter us as well. Almost out of time for this week, Brian. But I do want to remind our listeners, once again, if you've not done it yet, go to madronafinancial.com to check your financial roots. Very, very important. We do have a tool on there that you can do that. All you've got to do is click on the Get Started button you know, you're going to be retiring. You're probably going to spend 20, 30 years in retirement. Wouldn't you like to know that your financial portfolio can withstand any financial storm? Well, you'll find out by taking that rooted wealth analysis quiz there at madronafinancial.com. Click on the get started button and get started on your rooted wealth analysis today. Out of time for this week, Brian. I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank our listeners for joining us. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out. Have a great weekend, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another
0: edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes.